You're listening to Places I Can't Return To, an audiobook by Sean Bear Flannery. Narrated by, well, me, Sean Bear Flannery. Each week, I release the next chapter here on this podcast. If you enjoy these stories, you can buy the full book in digital, print, or audio at my website, seanbearflannery.com. That's Bear, B-A-I-R. What you're about to hear are true stories. But this is no memoir. It's more of an illustration, maybe even a warning, of what your life will look like if you decide to live every day like it's your last. Because I followed that advice. I followed it for a good 15 years. And I cannot re-enter most of the places I visited in that time. Guy's Party Center, Kenmore, Ohio. I attended the wrong wedding. Twice. Whenever a comedy booker asked me to supply a bio for promotional purposes, that's all I sent. Sean Flannery attended the wrong wedding. Twice. It sums everything up. The second time. It was around 2002 or so. And I was back in Ohio for my buddy Tom's wedding. The wedding was at one of those large complexes where multiple weddings occur at the same time, each in its own ballroom. The ceremony was in the afternoon, so I met a friend for drinks beforehand and then left for the venue. It was a massive white building. I entered and went directly to the information desk. Can you point me towards Tom and Jody's wedding? I asked. Well, sir, came the reply. Traditionally, a wedding is identified by the bride's last name. The attendant was clearly trying to make me feel small and uncouth, but with this hot mond functionary, didn't know was that I had already been thrown out of a wing joint a mere 30 minutes prior. The place where I had met my buddy for drinks was a chicken place called Scorchers, and somehow we had gotten on a run that led us to chasing tequila shots with the bar's hot sauce instead of lime. And, although we did not vomit, it still went poorly enough for the manager to suggest we leave before the lunch rush started. Worry not, I answered. I'm on my way to a wedding anyhow. So the last person I spoke to tried to throw me out of a bar inside a strip mall, meaning I was well past any feelings of shame. I looked at this concierge and replied calmly, Come on, buddy. Do I look like a last-name kind of friend? I don't do his taxes. I'm his drinking buddy. There was a 15-second sigh from the booth. You'd think I'd asked him to fix a clogged toilet. I still had no answer, so I started pointing at different sets of doors with raised eyebrows, establishing that I was willing to find the wedding myself, which I was pretty sure he did not want. I walked away from the desk, further into the venue. I think I might have even started skipping. And I began happily pointing at doors, like a contestant on a game show, trying to decide which one contained the best prize. The point is made, sir, the attendant finally conceded. You are, I suspect, looking for the Bedinar Flory wedding. It's in the Oak Ballroom, which is past the fountain, then follow the hallway to your left, second to last door. Thank you, my good Marquis. I yelled back, happily adopting his stilted language as I skipped past the fountain and headed, visibly and clearly, down the wrong hallway. As I did so, it occurred to me 
that this might be the first time I really absorbed the bride's last name. I'd always assumed, rightly or wrongly, that she was Italian, like the groom. But thinking about it in the moment sounded almost French to me. I began to wonder what a French reception would be like. I started thinking about French desserts and whether the bar would only serve red wine instead of beer. And as these thoughts rolled around in my brain, it occurred to me that I might not have been paying perfect attention to the concierge's directions. But then I reached the garden room. Thank God. The exact room the attendant mentioned. I'd reached the right place, albeit through a totally different, but not longer route than was suggested. I burst through the door quickly, ecstatic that I had found a shortcut that no one on staff was aware of. It was a small ballroom with garden murals and a bar near one end. I didn't see a single familiar face. However, as the wedding party was not present, and every person I knew was going to be in the wedding party, I thought nothing of it. I walked to the bar and learned that the main wedding group was busy still taking photos, so I ordered a gin and tonic. I met a few people at the bar and we made small talk. Another round of gin and tonics were ordered, and I began to worry. If cocktails were happening this fast, I should probably be proactive and put my card and gift to the couple with the pile of presents before I become too drunk. How do you know the couple? Someone asked me as the gin and tonics were being distributed. Oh, I have a funny story about that, I said. But first, excuse me, I won't put my card in the gift box. The gifts were displayed prominently to the one side of the wedding party's table, which was currently empty. I inserted my card and was heading back to my new friends at the bar when the wedding party entered. That's when I realized I was at the wrong wedding. I didn't recognize a single person. The bride and groom were the two most unfamiliar people I have ever seen in my life. This was not the first time I've done this. The first time. The first time was worse. The first time I flew to the wrong state for a wedding. At least the second time I was in the right state. Hell, I was even in the right venue, just the wrong room. People ask me how it's possible that I flew to the wrong state for a wedding. And I always counter with, how have you not? Our minds have been rotted by the internet. Take Twitter, for example, where the whole concept is you can't communicate thoughts more complicated than a sentence. And then, after becoming used to that level of writing, we get a wedding invitation which reads like a 12th century armistice. My mailbox is normally filled with mass-produced credit card offers for me and the previous resident. Then one day, a handwritten epistle, as though delivered by a crow, arrives. I might partially recognize the sender, but it always takes me a moment to decode. Mr. Theodore Painter? Is that my buddy, Cowboy Ted? Then I opened the invitation, and yes, it's Cowboy Ted, inviting me to his wedding in language I do not understand. Mr. Percival Montgomery Dakota and Mrs. June Rosemary Dakota request the honor of your presence. How does anyone get the details correct? These invitations read like Beowulf. I usually find myself just sighing and saying, Fuck it. I'll buy a ticket to Cleveland and figure out the rest when I land. And that plan worked pretty well the first few years out of college. I would fly to Cleveland, unaware of the details of the wedding, crash with family, then call friends who I knew were also invited to the wedding and get the more concrete details. One time I did fly in a week too early, but it was no problem. I called work, told them I had appendicitis, stayed in Cleveland for a week, and went to the wedding. 
Now, admittedly, the plan becomes harder to salvage when you get the date right, but the state wrong. There's less wiggle room. In this particular instance, it was Saturday morning, about an hour before the event. I knew fewer people at this wedding, but I was very good friends with the bride's cousin, so I called her to get more details. Hi, where's the wedding at? The Good Shepherd, she replied. The Good Shepherd, I repeated. I've never heard of that, and I know every church in this town. I thought this wedding was downtown. It is downtown, right by the river. What the hell are you talking about? I snapped back. There's no river in downtown Akron. Sean, the wedding is in Louisville, Kentucky. At this point, I did recall that on the back page of the wedding invitation, there was a map of Ohio and Kentucky with a route detailed on it. And I remember thinking, huh, those hillbillies from Kentucky are so unsophisticated, they need a map on how to get one state north. I even took some pride in having a wonderful, natural sense of directions as I booked the flight to the wrong state. Louisville, I answered eventually. That could be a problem for me. The cousin expressed her confusion as to how and why I was in our hometown of Akron two weeks after I had moved to Chicago when the wedding was in Kentucky. My mistake was so great she struggled to grasp the scope of it. She thought she was mishearing the situation. I think, I confessed, that I may not have taken in all the details of the wedding invitation as well as I could have. What are you going to do, Sean? It starts in two hours, the cousin gasped. You can't possibly make the ceremony. Let me talk to my date and get a plan going here. You brought a date? She started to laugh. A loud, boisterous laugh. A crackling journey that went on for at least a minute before she left me with a long, extended, good luck. The second time. Back at Tom's wedding, or that is to say, back in the garden room for the wedding of two total strangers, I realized I needed to find the correct room. But I also needed my card. Where is that gift box again, I thought, while scanning the room. Suddenly, I remembered. Oh yeah, it's located next to the bride and groom, who were now seated with all eyes on them. I noticed a woman dressed in a pantsuit, ordering staff about. She was clearly the wedding planner, so I approached her decorously, thinking it would be more appropriate if she fetched my gift rather than me rifling through the well wishes. Hi, beautiful wedding, I started. It is! She responded, adding, Doesn't she look gorgeous? I've never seen her look more radiant. Are you the wedding planner? I am! Well, you have done an amazing job. Everyone has been raving about how great this entire day has been. Thank you! I was wondering if I could ask a favor of you. Due to an error, I am at the wrong wedding. I'm sorry? This is not the wedding I should be at. And I was wondering if you could fetch my card out of the gift box. Well, even if I opened the gift box, how would I know which card is yours? I think the easiest way to identify it is, it will be the card with the wrong names on it. The Oak Ballroom. Still the second time. I had now located Tom's wedding in the Oak Ballroom. I had too much pride to ask the concierge to repeat his directions, 
so I walked in on two more incorrect weddings before finding familiar faces. I had my card, too. The wedding planner was not thrilled about opening the gift box, but I convinced her that the retrieval was only going to get messier if we waited, given the open bar and all. I also made damn sure that when I did walk into those two additional incorrect weddings that I took a good look at the bride and groom before putting anything in the gift box. You should know, the worst part of flying to the wrong state for a wedding is the greetings you receive at every future wedding you attend. Have you seen those videos where a soldier comes home from deployment sooner than expected and surprises loved ones at some event? Everyone goes crazy upon seeing them back home and in the flesh. That is also how I am greeting at weddings. Except, unlike the soldier arrivals, everyone is being deeply ironic. They are feigning happiness and surprise that I am attending the correct event. This occasion was no different. As I entered the Oak Ballroom, I saw Joe, the cousin of the groom and one of my good friends, at the bar. Joe flung his arms in the air derisively, like he had just saw someone kick a 90-yard field goal. Oh! Look at this! He made it! Sean Flannery flies to the correct state for a wedding. I shared his laugh and we hugged. Joe ordered us two drinks and, as the bartender fixed them, I confided. Actually, I was at the wrong wedding, inside this venue. No way! Joe started laughing. For how long? Eh, two gin and tonics. Oh, that's not too bad, he answered. I like to measure time in drinks. Studies have shown that people are terrible at measuring time when the available stimuli are unfamiliar. A prisoner locked in a room with nothing to look at will believe themselves to have been in there for days when it was actually just hours. And conversely, a person busy with many interactions, say a waitress, will think what was only an hour of time was actually their entire shift. But gin and tonics always go down at the same rate. It's a more accurate, more objective gauge of time. Not dissimilar from the half-life of radioactive material. Four gin and tonics later, dinner was served. As is the custom, the bar was shut down while the guests ate. Some people, well some drunks, were annoyed with the cessation of liquor service. But I used it as an opportunity to return to the other weddings I was at previously. Since I figured... Hey, they're probably well past dinner and the drinks will be flowing. I walked back to the garden room and ordered a gin and tonic. I saw a few of the people from earlier and we started chatting again. How do we know you again? They asked, clearly struggling to remember how I was connected to their event. Or to the loving couple that was just married. Mark Twain once said, If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. And I think there is a related corollary. If drunk enough, you don't know how to lie. I'm supposed to be attending a wedding three auditoriums down, but the bar is closed, I answered. And I was here earlier because I didn't know the names of the correct wedding party. They loved that answer, and after a long, hard laugh, they agreed with me about how wildly outmoded the language of wedding invitations are. We hit it off so well that I invited them to join us after their reception. We're going to Brewbreakers in the Valley. Huge group. It's going to be a blast. Much later, say 10 more gin and tonics or so, I was at Brewbaker's with Tom's cousins and friends after the reception. I told Joe about how I had stopped into that other wedding again and invited them to join us. 
and how I was disappointed they didn't meet up with us because they seemed like fun. What brewbakers did you send him to? Tom asked. The Valley, I replied. Sean, we're at Brewbaker's downtown. Huh, I answered, chewing on the mix-up. That's what they get for listening to an asshole who walked into the wrong wedding.